Good morning and welcome to this assembly. I want to take you to the Gospel of John chapter 10. I'll give you a few moments. We invite your attention to the Gospel of John chapter 10. In the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus Christ is described through various images and figures of speech designed and written by inspiration of God for us to understand who Jesus is, what He did, and what He can mean to us now and in eternity if we'll respond to Him. Just here in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, He is the light that shines in darkness and the Lamb of God. In chapter 7, He is the water of life. In chapter 15, He is the true vine, and we are the branches. Here, in chapter 10, He is the good shepherd. Listen, please. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. But they do not know, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. <clears throat> I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, 
and I laid down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my Father. I want us to focus our attention on four highlights about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Number one is very simple. He enters by the door. There was one access to the flock that was legitimate. There would be a gatekeeper or porter, and his job was to forbid unauthorized people to enter. He knew the shepherd. He would only let the shepherd in. In fact, not just the gatekeeper knew the shepherd. The sheep knew the shepherd. A thief or robber would attempt access some other way. Not only were they unauthorized, their purpose was to steal or fleece the sheep. The owner, the true shepherd, came into the flock through the door, known by the gatekeeper and known by the sheep. In the Old Testament, God had promised to send a Savior a singular divine person from heaven, often called Messiah. There would be no shared rule. No one could rob Jesus of the position God assigned. He was identified by the prophets long before his arrival. When John the Baptist came, he made it very clear that he wasn't the one he was only the forerunner. In John 1 verse 29, John directed the people's attention to Christ. He said, He is the one who takes away the sin of the world. And then, when John baptized Jesus, God said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Matthew three seventeen. So, here in John chapter 10, in contrast to any others who might make claims to lead and guide people to heaven, Jesus comes through the door as the legitimate shepherd, the good shepherd. You know who was listening to Jesus speak these words? Not just his disciples. You will see back out of chapter 9 and then beyond that in chapter 10, after verse 18, the corrupt Jewish leaders were there listening to this. And some reacted to what Jesus said. Look at verse 21. They said, Jesus was demon-possessed. 
Jesus entered by the door, meaning his access. His claims were legitimate. God assigned and approved and certified. The owner, the true shepherd, came into the flock through the door. Today, there are so many religious voices and multitudes of religious institutions and people who claim religious authority. Yet, when you compare them to Jesus, the contrast is striking. They have no divine authority, no right to tell us how to get to heaven. Like the corrupt Jewish leaders of Jesus' day, they are pictured here by the images of the thief and the robber. And in fact, even if a pretender dressed up in a shepherd's garb, our attention needs to be on the one about whom God said, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. Jesus is the good shepherd. Am I following him? Are you following him? He knows his sheep. Verse 3, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And again in verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. If you are a follower of Christ in the sense taught in the New Testament, Jesus knows exactly who you are. It is not just a mass of sheep. It isn't just a long list of names listed somewhere, maybe on a directory. He knows his followers, each one. And he knows me and he knows you inside and out. Now, I believe that truth should be encouraging. Take this personally. He knows every one of his followers individually. He knows us in every way we can be known. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our struggles, our relationships, our doubts, our levels of motivation. He knows it all. He is the good shepherd who entered into God's plan by the front door and today he knows each and every one in his flock. If you are not in his flock, don't you want to be there? In response to him, you can be in that flock where he knows his sheep and his sheep know him and follow him. And that brings me to this. He leads. Listen to verses 3 through 5. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. He leads. I've read that in that time, and even today in that same region, Palestine, when a shepherd walks out of the sheepfold, the sheep follow. Brother Farrell Jenkins, a gospel preacher, has made a number of trips to Palestine. And he has explained this. I'm going to quote from him. I have seen two shepherds standing along the roadside talking with both their flocks of sheep huddled all together. When the conversation was finished, each shepherd was ready to continue his journey. One shepherd made a sound with his voice and walked away and the sheep belonging to him came out from the larger group. They knew his voice. So here the picture is. The good shepherd leads and the sheep follow. Now, this implies something we need to bring up. We brought this up in the class this morning. Sheep need guidance. Without guidance, they go astray. They are not smart. Without a good shepherd, they wander off into danger or out into places where there isn't sufficient food and water. Now, you remember how we human beings are described in the Bible? Does this sound familiar? Isaiah 53 and verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. We are not that smart. We do not have innately the ability to get out of our foolish ways and please God and get to heaven. We need the good shepherd. And that means learning of him, learning from him, and following Him obediently from baptism until we die. God's grace offers to each of us that prospect. To follow Jesus is our only hope. Are we hearing His voice through the Word? Are we responding? Now, it isn't an audible voice or a dream or a vision. Jesus said in John 8, 31, he said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. His word is here. You need to take it from here and put it here, and then obediently in your life. No thief, no robber, no pope, no celebrity, no preacher or teacher can provide the guidance we need. It is is here. First John 2 and verse 3 says, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Is that the way you're living? And then it says, 
He lays his life down for us. Verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, this doesn't happen with ordinary earthly shepherds. First, if a shepherd died for his sheep, he would have abandoned his flock. Secondly, there is no atoning value in the life of a human shepherd. Jesus cares, and he cares so much, he gave his life for the flock, and then made provision for the flock to have the guidance and nourishment they need. Now, notice what it says about the hired hand over in verses 11 through 15. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. While the hired hand is not in the same category as the thief or the robber, in the face of danger, when his life is under danger, since he's not invested in the flock, he's a hired hand, he will seek safety. He isn't the owner. Jesus is committed by his own love. Remember, he entered by the door. The thief wants what isn't his. The robber is likewise wrong. The hired hand may see danger coming and desert the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and then made provision that we might have the nourishment and guidance that we need. Those who are moved by that sacrifice and recognize their need for guidance, hear his voice, know that voice, and follow his word. 1 John 2, 3, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Within this passage, there is a statement of Jesus' intention for us. In verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So, I ask you in view of John chapter 10, look at your life. Is there spiritual abundance? Are you filled with the truth that Jesus left? Are you following the good shepherd? It is the most important truth in your life to know who Jesus Christ is and respond to him. He is the unique son, only begotten. Christians are children of God. Only Jesus is the unique son. The one who came down from heaven, the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. This information from God is not given for us to just learn and remember. It is information for our transformation. It is the most important truth in your life 
to know who Jesus Christ is and respond to him. And I hope for each of us that these words I'm now going to read are your reality. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's be standing as we sing. Oh, with Jesus I am singing.